Welcome to the Innovation Hub podcast. Today we have Gabi and Jan joining us, representing Satellink, a group of high school students competing in the annual international concert competition. Alongside four other team members, they're diligently working on designing and constructing a satellite the size of a can. If successful, their creation will be launched into the stratosphere. Before we dive into the details of their project, could you both please introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Gabriela Lisowska, and I'm the report manager for the Satellink team. And my name is Janek Gershevsky, and I'm the team leader and systems engineer for, for our team. Since our listeners may not be familiar with the competition, could you please provide an overview of the CANSAT competition, its objectives, and what inspired your team to participate? CANSAT is an international challenge organized by the European Space Agency, and it's competition in which young people like us construct simulators of space probes and conduct scientific research using them. The program begins with training so anyone can participate and tasks uh, within teams are divided into various areas such as construction, programming, reporting, data collection and analysis, and of course outreach and social media. Thanks to this everyone can find a scope of work tailored to their interests. It's a highly interdisciplinary and holistic program, a great opportunity for student integration and the development of 21st century skills, including both teamwork and project work. And could you tell us what inspired you to participate in the project? Well, for me personally, I was mostly inspired when two years ago I was in year 10 and the Air Thief team, which competed in the CANSAT competition in 2021, was presenting about it on our school assembly. And that was the first interaction I've had with the CANSAT competition. I participated already last year and decided to redo it again with Janek, Alan, Kostek, Alex and Kuba because they're an amazing team and I knew that we can accomplish great things together. And Janek, how about you? What inspired you? Well, for me, it was certainly, on the one hand, the passion for the space sector and the interest I have in actually engineering projects. And it seemed like a great opportunity because with a team of friends that I already had with some experience in engineering projects, I believe that we can actually achieve something nice here. And as of now, we're, we're doing great. We're preparing for the critical design review and our project seems to be competitive. What are the specifics of the project you're currently working on? Well, so every cancer project divides itself into the primary mission and secondary mission with the primary mission being essentially the same for all the teams. In our primary missions, we essentially plan to track the altitude of the can, monitoring the descent rate using the temperature and pressure. Uh, that would be then transmitted to the ground using the 433 megahertz radio modules. Additionally, back at the ground station, we aim to graph the transmitted data to accurately determine the speed of the can falling. On the other hand, for the secondary mission, we're planning to establish a two-way half-duplex SPI connection between the ground station and the CANSAT utilizing two radio modules to facilitate seamless data exchange. We also aim to enable the CANSAT to store information from the ground using the periods when it's not transmitting primary mission data. Additionally, we seek to relay these commands from the ground station to a rover equipped with an antenna allowing for efficient remote task execution. Through this setup, we aim to demonstrate the rover's remote control capabilities via relayed commands, thus simulating communication procedures like an ExoMars-style mission. Moreover, by incorporating the satellite concept, we enable the rover to carry lighter antennas and additional sensors for comprehensive data collection. As you mentioned, you are working in a team. Has it been easy to work together? Are there any specific strategies that you have employed for effective role allocation among team members? Well, luckily, role allocation 
wasn't such a big issue for us since all of us are very focused on different areas of the project and we're all interested in very specific things. For example, Alan, our electric engineer, knew instantly he wants to be the electrical engineer. Jakub, our mechanical engineer, also instantly knew he would like to work on the design of the actual can itself. And Yannick, as he's has a very broad knowledge on almost everything we're doing is our system engineer. So the main engineer in our project, making sure both the report, engineering, outreach, everything is tip top. So when it comes to role allocation, there were no like disputes about it. Um, and working in a team is relatively easy as long as everybody does their part and does it on time. I think we're a pretty well organized group and we help each other as much as we possibly can. I think that since our personalities are not very different and we get along well, the meetings are both professional but fun and I never get bored. <laughs> and could you tell us some of the key milestones of your project? Have there been any moments that you have enjoyed the most? Um, well, when it comes to the key milestones, I'd say it's very important to understand the progress that you need to make over these eight months that you basically take part in the competition. At first, you try and come up with an idea for the secondary mission, something original, but something that can also be done with just a group of a few high school students and a few thousand slots of, of budget. In our case, I will not lie, these ideas came very late, only at the beginning of the school year. The team that we had, we were already attempting to come up with new strategies even before the summer, as we were all, you know, sure to take part in the competition later on. So the initial idea was to try and construct Starlink type of a mission where we establish an internet connection using one computer as the ground station and then another computer that would sort of replace the rover that we have right now. However, we realized that with this speed of the communication that we can reach, uh, it's not going to be possible and the project will be significantly harder for the two computers to reach constant communication since a lot of things can simply go wrong. So we decided to switch to a slightly easier mission, however, one that resembles the ExoMars-style mission from the European Space Agency slightly more, and that would be just focusing more on the, on the rover. Now, after establishing the goal, we started thinking about what components we have to use. At first, of course, the big one, radio module, for us, constructing a relay satellite, of course, we relied on, relied on it heavily. We started with the NRF905 module, which was not compliant with the regulations. We were aware of that, but at first we wanted to experiment and find out more about how how the, how the design of the can is going to adjust based on what radio module we choose and how the radio transmitting capabilities and the transmission speed will be altered by these changes. Then we moved on to the LoRa module and finally now we arrived at the RFM, which seems to be the most compatible with our mission. Certainly, I'd say that after this thought process that we've had with choosing the radio module, we've also understood that tests are a requirement. Aside from these, that will always be necessary for the primary design review and critical design review. We've also wanted to include the tests such as the heat test, where we test the heat capacity of our Feather M0 module, so the onboard computer for the CANSAT. Um, we focus on things such as transmission, well, essentially length, the transmission speed, the reliability of our transmission, the antenna, the view. All of these things are crucial when building up our CAN and can essentially ruin our mission if not thought through properly. 
Uh, moving on from now, where we've conducted most of the tests for the critical design review and are trying to essentially assemble the CAN and conduct a full mission test. What's about to come next is likely a few months of preparation for the final design review, where we will essentially prepare an, even an open source CAN that will be available for anyone to construct with the reasoning behind all of the solutions what through directly. Could you briefly tell us about the preliminary design review? What is it and were there any specific challenges or successes in that phase? Well, the preliminary design review, also known as the PDR, is the first stage of the concept competition. Basically, anybody who has a team can submit the preliminary design review. Depending on the amount of teams, because I know that last year around 20 teams passed the first stage of the preliminary design review submission, and this year I think it was around 32. Uh, we were one of those teams. It's basically a report that has to be around, should be around to the maximum of 20 pages. And um, basically it's where you provide an overview of what you're planning to do, including role allocations, mission overviews for both, both um, like primary and secondary mission. So essentially this is the time when you need to start thinking about what you want your concept to be doing and how you want your like mission to progress over time throughout the competition. And yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of things that we struggled with during the preliminary design review because we had to start from a completely blank page and write a report that was constructed well, written well, had everything it should include. The organizers do do have a template that you can look at and inspire yourself using, but we kind of use that as a guideline mostly since our mission is quite original. We had to change quite a few things and I think our preliminary design review was truly incredible thanks to everybody who worked on it. It was truly a lot of sacrifice time and obviously biggest, well not challenge, but could say it is for us as a school on Saturdays and meetings on Wednesday because we have to see each other and work on it consistently. Otherwise, I mean, in my opinion, the point, like the main point and like key to success in this competition is just consistency and perseverance because without that and without a good work ethic, it's really hard to manage everything by the deadline because although it may not seem like there's a lot of work, with every single test you do and every single paragraph you write on the report, you're gonna find things you need to change, no matter how well you think you've done them. And tests might not always turn out how you thought they will. And you have to redo them, get all the data, plot it. Sometimes the graphs are wrong. We There's just so many steps towards submitting your preliminary design review, which is why a lot of teams also don't get past the preliminary design review stage because their reports are mainly theoretical rather than theoretical as well as practical. We made sure to include tests for as many things we could manage by the preliminary design review so that our report is not only talking about things we want to do and think we might be able to do, but both that and things we actually know we will be able to do because we've already tested them, even though it was the first month of the competition. And yeah, I mean, also you get feedback from your PDR and you can implement that into your CDR, which you definitely should and we definitely did. And yeah, I think the, but also a very big challenge was just working on the PDR, finishing off, like, you know, putting the cherry on top within the last two hours before it had to be submitted, even though we did finish the PDR quite fast, uh, but we just had to make sure everything was tip top and the best quality we could possibly, possibly give. And yeah, the deadline was a bit stressful. We were all pretty stressed out before it, but I think we overall handled it pretty well as a team. And I'm very proud of us for that. 
I agree with you, Gabby. You pointed out about the PDR, how we were, you know, how it was a lengthy process of building it up. But I think that for us, it's, it's a strong basis to build upon. You know, you have to mind that every single report is built upon the CDR, upon the PDR. So the CDR and FDR will later be based on the work that we've done in the first two months of the project. So for us, it's been a, not a very smooth ride for sure. Um, in the first one and a half months, we were trying to focus as much on getting the work in um, regarding the tests, regarding the ideas, regarding the projects, thoughts, calculations. And only then in the very last one and a half, two weeks, we were attempting to essentially write the document from the almost the very beginning. That way we, we try to make sure that we have a strong basis, but as well, we make it as late as possible. We write it as late as possible to ensure that we make it as packed with information and thought as possible. And in addition to that, I think a challenge we didn't mention yet is definitely sponsorships and companies that support us because we did not manage to acquire any sponsorships by the PDR deadline because we had a few sponsorships that were finalized right after the deadline and right after our submission. And we have acquired around seven sponsors now. We're finalizing, yeah, we're finalizing three of the transactions as it's quite a lot of funds they want to transfer us and it requires uh, paperwork a lot. We already have some amazing companies supporting us in all areas and yeah it's it was quite a challenge and I think people underestimate how hard getting sponsors really is to convince someone successfully that your project is worth investing in and I think we've managed to do that successfully and I think this is thanks to the entirety of the team because without one of the people we would not have managed. Definitely. For us, Kostek is always taking part of the financial side of the project. He's been definitely up to the task. I think we're, we've gathered almost 15,000 slots as of now. For our projects, it's definitely going to be more than enough when it comes to the regional stage. But we're also minding that the work later on, maybe if we pass the local stage, will be, you know, on getting to the European stage, the accommodation, the transport costs. All of that we would like to have covered essentially by the sponsors and Definitely with the amount of work that went into from Costex's side, it's it's helpful to mm, to see that essentially, you know, coming into life with the funds that we get for our project. Oh, and a challenge we were not expecting is actually reading some of the emails where companies declined an offer to sponsor us. That was a pretty um, upsetting moment, but we still thank them nonetheless for taking the time out of their day to reply to us. And yeah, I think as a team, me and Costex have tried very hard to get as many sponsors as we can and now that we have acquired enough funds to fully sponsor our project we're about to we don't need to be looking for any more however we are looking for partners not in just funds but also just companies who are showing their support towards us not just financially but also in terms of other things like we're partnering with a company who produces carbon for printing 3d printing and they're willing to send us 10 square meters. 10 square meters of carbon so that we can use it for our concept. So we're finalizing that right now as well. Looking ahead, do you believe your project has significant impact in the long term, both within the competition and in broader context? Well, first of all, in the competition, I think that we're looking strong. Of course, it's never, you know, it's never right to say that you're going to win it, but I would love to believe that. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that managing a great team of people who are very competent and very eager to achieve success within the within the project so in that sense definitely we hope for for a lot of good results to come 
and we're giving our best towards doing that. In the broader sense, I feel that we've also been attempting to spread the knowledge about the cancelled competition uh, to more people who could be interested. Mm. I think it's very important for you know us as privileged kids from Warsaw to understand that not everywhere it's as easy to access you know even the space sector when you're interested in it and. That's why we've been attempting to, to look for as many possibilities of spreading knowledge around. Gabby, for example, is soon going to be traveling to one of the schools in Puave, in, in, Puave. Puave, in Lubelszczyzna. Exactly, to, to talk about the competition. She already has an agreement from the headmaster of the school where she's, you know, essentially in, in longer conversation on how this will work, how she will speak about it and how to encourage the students to maybe take part in the next year. Uh, we've also talked to some of the physics teachers within the school faculty about potential projects that we can take part in. One of the teachers, Mr. Dariusz Aksamit, has suggested that we even go to the European Rover competition and speak there about how a rover works and how the cast competition itself is constructed and how to, you know, essentially take part and how to succeed in it. But yeah, to sum up, I think it's very important that as many people as possible get to know about the project and hopefully they take part because it's it's really important for building up the space sector in the future. I also think that it's not only the fact that we are from Warsaw and we have very easy access to the space sector of Poland, especially considering the fact that we are partially working with Dr. Jakub Bochinski, who is amazing and is an incredible engineer as well as businessman, entrepreneur. But I think what is very important to me personally is so that children in other cities in Poland, whether they be small or big, just know that they have the possibility of reaching the stage of actually getting access to the space sector. And it's not that if you're from a little town you will never get the opportunity to take part in a competition like this. Because I just want everybody to know that even though right now it may not look like it, with sufficient work and motivation and love for what you're doing, you will be able to get to the place where you want to be and you will be able to just be in the space sector, know everything you want about it and potentially even work in it someday. And I think people should keep that in mind because everything is possible and I hope this competition somehow, especially my trip to... I hope it motivates some of the kids there because I have talked to the headmaster. She said that, well, essentially the kids there are, they love physics and they love maths, but they just feel like it's out of their reach. And I would just like to show them that the only thing that is stopping and was stopping us for a while is getting sponsors because other than that, there's nothing stopping you. If you have sufficient knowledge and a work ethic, reach for the stars, you know, <laughs> like do what you want. And there's nothing stopping you just because you're not from Warsaw or Krakow or one of the bigger cities in Poland, which Puave still are. They Puave is quite a big city, but I would just like all the kids to know that it's very possible and they should aim and strive to just do everything in their power to achieve what they want. It's incredible to hear how much value you see in recommending the competition to other students. Do you have any advice for those who decide to participate in it? I think that definitely if you think you have an original idea, you should go for it. Because just trying to register and maybe pass for PDR, it's not very hard as if it doesn't require a lot of engineering knowledge from before. You can essentially gain it just by experimenting and just by doing a lot of work, of course. However, it's always motivating to see yourself potentially passing for the first stage of a project where you've just thought 
Like, let's see if that's going to work. And for a lot of students, I think that maybe the case, they're just afraid that they won't manage with the work, that they won't be able to get a proper team of students from their school registered. But in my opinion, always risk it. It's always worth giving it a shot, especially in Kansas, where it's as inclusive towards smaller you know, places in Poland, not necessarily big cities only, and other initiatives from the ESA as well. And one more thing I'd like to say is that I think a very important piece of advice to actually, the first would be that even if you don't get into the preliminary design review stage, you can just apply again next year. And the year after that, if you're sufficiently young enough, uh, there, in my opinion, there's honestly no such thing as failure in the Kansas competition. I think the whole process is simply about learning from your mistakes and truly the profit we have gained from learning from our mistakes, like changing our communication modules and everything. It's, it's truly amazing. And the other piece of advice I would like to give is that, you know, don't treat it that seriously. It's not like this competition is just about writing that PDR and getting through the stage. It's not like the only thing important in this uh, whole competition are the stages of the competition and pushing your way past them. Because in the end, I feel like this competition has first brought us much closer to one another as a team. And second of all, it has taught I've learned so much from the team members who are responsible for things like electrical or mechanical engineering, which I don't think I would have ever learned by myself. And I found a special interest in everything they're doing. And I think just exchanging the knowledge and spending time with your team and working on the project together and coming up with ideas together is just so motivating and makes you feel so like part of a community, you know, especially with other teams competing, even though we are rivals to, in a way, I feel like it, there is a sense of community within the whole concept competition, because even though two teams from our school got in this year, us and our other team who's mainly people in our group as well they're our friends for a very long time we still try to help one another whenever we can and i think that it's really important and we you know if we're struggling with something we always have the opportunity to talk to one another and be like oh it's so bad and it just creates a sense of community and i really enjoy that personally Thank you for participating in our podcast and sharing your journey in the international concept competition, along with the challenges that you had to overcome. We highly encourage all high school students listening to consider the concept competition as a unique experience to grow and explore the realms of astrophysics. And to the team, we wish you guys good luck. Thank you. Thanks for hosting us. Thank you for listening to the Innovation Hub podcast. 